Hello and welcome to the Dynasty Pros Day 2 Free Agent Recap. I'm JT along with Sam and Jay Goody in the house tonight. Thanks for uh, joining us, fellas, as we're going to get uh, started here. Running through a little rumors to get the show started. Reports and rumors before we get into the signings. Bills reworking Josh Allen and Von Miller's contract, creating about $32 million in cap space. Uh, also created a little additional $5.4 million with Stefan Diggs, too. So they're working away. Haven't seen big signings from them yet, but there's could be coming down uh, the line for them. Saints reworking Kamara, Lattimore, and Cam Jordan's contracts. Create about $29 million in cap space for them. They were really struggling. Aaron Rodgers and everything crazy going on him with the Jets and that possible trade. We'll talk about that here shortly. J.D. McKissick released by the Commanders. Also, uh, there's rumors the Bills might be up for a trade to get Dalvin Cook if they can restructure uh, his deal. So that would be interesting. Uh, also, Panthers also talking to Adam Thielen. He's got a possible workout tomorrow going with them after he got cut by the Vikings yesterday. Matt Ryan late today got released by the Colts, created about $17 million in cap space for them. And then the big one out there right now, probably going to hit possibly tomorrow, is offensive tackle Orlando Brown. Rumors were swirling today that he might go to the Bears. Nothing official, uh, but that's some other but, guys, to start things off here, let's talk about the QBs. Had some big things happen yesterday, but today so far, we'll start it off. Uh, Jay Goody, you want to talk to me about Jameis. Everybody with the high hopes Jameis was going to go somewhere and start, and he got a one-year deal with the Saints. Well, I mean, let's be honest. He, he knows that offense, and he knows how to throw it to people, whether it's his own receivers or defensive players. We know that he knows how to throw it to people. Um, and I – I think it's the, the the muddling of the fantastic players with un like not really good situations. So you've got like Jameis Winston with a lackluster offensive team that have the Saints become, and it's like they just keep adding these mediocre players that are like I mean Alvin Kamara three years ago was just absolute dynamic player, and then he turned into what? And I think that's really their question. I don't think the Saints have a vision. They don't have, like, what they want to be. And from a fantasy perspective, you look like Chris Olave, and you're like, please get him somebody because that dude is going to be awesome. And everybody's, like, hoping and wishing because all the way back from a Debbie to, like, now, like, a rookie pick that they know he's going to be amazing. But right now they need to find a dynamic quarterback who's going to make plays to make Chris Olave worth it. And I don't know if that's happening yet. So, because the Eagles absolutely fleeced them and they gave up that number 10 pick, which, you know, now the Eagles are sitting there going, thank goodness that we have it. And the Saints are now at the end of the first round because they made some other trades and got that. But, you know, until Chris Olave has somebody that's going to actually do the job like, well, I don't know how good he's going to be. Yeah, Sam, we got a. Uh, comment here said Panthers need to help. They can get all they can get for their top three wide receivers. Hope they don't combine for just a thousand yards after all the moves yesterday. Interesting move. We'll talk about that right now. They went and signed Andy Dalton to a two year, $10 million deal today after Sam Darnold left to go to the Niners. Uh, what do you think about that move? I mean, I think uh, Andy Dalton just got paid 10 mil to hold a clipboard for a couple of years, if I'm being honest. But I think Andy Dalton's a good signing for a rookie. I mean, Andy Dalton probably overperformed what anyone thought he would have done 
coming into the NFL and his whole career as a second round pick, not even a first round pick guy. And, you know, you could learn something from him. We don't know who the player is yet, but that's the going rate for backup quarterbacks. You look around the league and that's what all of those backups were going for was that contract with the exception of a couple guys, maybe getting a couple million more. Um, And just to touch back on Jameis and Olave, you know, I mean, I'm with you. I think, I mean, Carr is nice, but the Saints are really that seventh place dynasty team that trades for DeAndre Hopkins thinking they're going to win next year. And you're just like, I don't think that's the move, my friend. I think maybe you should just give up for a bit. But that's just me, you know? I have a a question for you guys. So, like, I'm a Philadelphia guy. I love my Eagles. And I'm almost seeing like Carolina, like they bring Dalton in and you're like, look, they're going to draft their guy. That's going to be, but is this almost like a Sam Bradford, Carson Wentz situation? It's almost like if we draft a guy and he's not exactly ready for prime time, is that like now Andy Dalton gets at least a little bit of burn. And then like, they hope that the younger guy just like takes the job from him. Or is this more like they don't have any confidence that they're going to get, the perfect quarterback like like they move up and they give up a lot to do it but i just i just kind of saw that i'm like i wonder if it feels like bradford wentz all over again yeah i know i was talking about this the other day i thought when i saw carolina trying to make moves i in my mind thought they're going after a ar anthony richardson they're going after him they're going to re-sign darnold Darnold's going to hold him through this season since he already played last year. He showed glimpses when he wasn't hurt that he actually was pretty solid. I thought they would stay with Darnold for the year, draft AR, and hope AR was going to be their guy in a year or two, and even two if they had to go Darnold. I was really surprised to let him see him go to the Niners and then them turn around and, and sign Andy Dalton because it feels like Andy Dalton's the backup because they didn't sign Dalton or it didn't sign Darnold, and Darnold should have been probably the easier choice, would have made more sense to stick there, at least if you were going the AR route. Even if the other two guys, I mean, they probably will need time too, but I think you're right. You got Matt Coral there. Now I'm all my shares of him. I i don't know what to do with that. I'm really hoping they move him to somebody that he'll, he'll at least get a chance to be a backup because you feel like with this Andy Dalton signing, it's like he's on the practice squad all year. If, 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 if something else doesn't change. So that, that hurts uh, at least for me, because I'd love to see what he's got. Well, and I think maybe to touch on Darnold, maybe Darnold was too good to keep around. Not that he's great, but I think if you had to ask me the question, who's better at losing a game, Sam Darnold or Andy Dalton, I think I might lean Dalton. And I think that's maybe what they were going for too. So that makes sense. Let's, other quarterback stuff happened today. Uh, Vikings just re-signed Nick Mullins, uh, you know, as the backup role. And then the big one all over Twitter, at least if you were a Washington fan, was Taylor Heineke uh, signing with the Falcons. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a fan base so nice to a player when they leave as the Washington fans were today on Twitter. I mean, it was the love fest all around for Taylor Heineke today. It really was. And I think that's an interesting signing like with Ritter, I've never been a huge Ritter guy and I'm not saying I'm a huge Heineke guy, but if any scrappy guy is going to beat out Ritter, isn't Heineke the kind of guy to do it? I felt like the same way. I was like, I felt like this was exactly Washington last year. They're like, we got wins. 
we're not 100% sure about him. We'll keep Heineke around just in case we're good enough that we can replace him and he can keep winning us games. I feel like that's what Atlanta's thinking. They're like, hey, if the division's terrible again and we're right in the mix and Ritter's just not getting it done, Heineke's a guy that everybody can rally behind and we could possibly do just enough to win and keep us in the division race. That's why I felt like this move was. Yeah, and if you think about the Falcons, like they've got Drake London, they've got Kyle Pitts, they got Tyler Algier. They've got players who can make plays. And I really think I don't think they like Dennis Benritter. I don't I just don't I think that's why you bring a Heineke in and you go, we need to show why Ritter can't be the guy. I wrote an article right before, like right during preseason for Dynasty Pros. And I called it like, um, you know, it was comparing Mariota to Ritter. And I just was like, I I said, I feel like Mariota is going to play just good enough to keep Ritter down. He's never going to get a real chance to play. And that's basically exactly what happened until the very end where they put Ritter in. And then it was just like, blah like Ritter is just like he wasn't dynamic and you look at that kid in Cincinnati and you're like wow that kid like had such a passion for winning and he was like yeah but college football he gets to go against some players that are not NFL level like you've got defensive tackles who weigh 300 pounds running like four nine in the 40 yard dash like you're not seeing that against most guys in college like your pockets clean you got you know avenues to throw Kyle Pitts has not been necessarily like the guy everybody expected to take the throne from Kelsey and Kittle and now everybody's like I mean he's a great buy now candidate by the way I would like get, like I know the quarterback situation isn't settled but it will whether it's this year or next year when like my man crush Caleb Williams comes out. Cause if I was the Atlanta Falcons, I would be like, let's stink as much as we can now. Cause we want Caleb Williams. He is better than any of the guys in this year's draft. Let's play the long game. Let's get all the things in a row, get the trenches, right. Get an offensive line, right. If we don't win, that's okay. Heineke Ritter. It doesn't matter. And then next year it's Caleb Williams having like a Jalen hurts, kind of like resurgence into the NFL where everyone's like, oh, he's a running back who throws the ball and then just goes, no, 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 no. He is an absolute monster in every facet of the game. And all of a sudden, everybody's going to wonder why they slept on Kyle Pitts and like kind of like got rid of their shares. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was like trying to look at the draft and go, who's kind of trying to pretend they're trying this year and who's all going we're going to be in the top for Caleb Williams next year. Like I, I'm already looking at the teams, like who is already going to, you're going to see start tanking it pretty soon and try to get Caleb Williams. Uh, so I think they'll be telling once the draft happens to see where some of these teams pick, especially these teams that maybe you think they should go QB and they don't. I think it's going to tell you like, Oh, we're thinking we might not be very good this year. And we want to get a shot at, at Williams next year. Cause I think, I think he's going to be – obviously, I think him and Marvin Harrison Jr. are going to be the two guys everybody's shooting for in next year's draft. Uh, let's move on here to running backs. A uh, couple signings today. We'll start it off with Sanjay Perrine leaving the Bengals, headed to Denver on a two-year deal. I know a lot of people were wondering what Denver was going to do with the Javante Williams injury uh, and if they were going to sign somebody or draft somebody. Sam, what do you think about the Perrine deal? I love it. I love it, honestly. I think if you are a contender, you should be sending a fourth-round pick out for Samaj P. Ryan tonight. I already sent a deal to one of my friends earlier, and, you know, he hasn't looked at it, classic Dynasty League, but 
Um, I think he's one of those guys where he's going to have, I think, five to eight weeks where you can play him. And he already showed last year that if he gets the snaps, he produces at a high enough level. I'm also wondering, too, like, what is, are, are, are Javante owners, like, completely starting to worry that this this boat's starting to sink for him? Because, I mean, he's been like this fringe first-round pick guy. Everybody was loading up on him. And then now all of a sudden it's like they keep bringing in other people. Like, I mean, we all, we all love Melvin Gordon for being like this complete vulture in fantasy football. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, they, they, we're moving on. We're moving on. Javante's job. And then he gets hit with the injury bug. Now they bring in P Ryan. And it's like, when is Javante going to like, when's he going to eat? When are they going to let him eat and just go, yo, we got to make sure this kid just gets reps. And yeah, depending on how much you spend on him, I I only had a couple shares of him, and anybody who was willing to give me a mid to late first for him, I was sending him off. So I got a, the best I was able to get for him was a 1-7 in one league, but it was also a guy who's been trying to trade me for over a year and a half for him, and I was trying to get two firsts out of him before he got hurt. And so I was like, oh, I better get this why it's hot, why this guy still real wants him. Uh, so that's probably the best deal I was able to make. I mean, if you could bury him on your bench, throw him on your injury reserve because um, you've got enough you know, players on your team to kind of wait on him or you're not competing, then I think maybe you sit on him. But if you've got a team that's pretty good and you're like, I don't know if it's worth waiting on him, then if you can find somebody that's still in love with him, it might be time to, time to make that move. I mean, if you're – yeah, if you're trying to win – what's stopping you from trading Javante Williams for Nick Chubb or that tier of, Hey, I got two to three years left of this guy and he's a good player because we're hoping Javante gets there. Um, and I think at this point, the only thing left is the hype from Sean Payton that's keeping him around this potential, but that's also the hype around P Ryan. Now I think is that, you know, Sean Payton's there and, Sean Payton uses two guys, and Pirine's a guy who produced. He he does things well, and he's a great pass blocker. And what did we see yesterday with Denver's moves? Offensive line, offensive line, pass blocking, run blocking tight end. They're protecting Russ, and they are investing in keeping him healthy, and they want him to cook, right? That's what they want. Payton doesn't want to fail. He's not the kind of guy that wants to have a failing stop on his journey. And if you think about it, who's I'm sorry, but who who better situated like Peyton had Drew Brees. He understands the challenges of a guy who's under six foot trying to do the job. Russell Wilson kind of fits that mold a little bit. So he probably went right into Russ and said, tell me what you're seeing. We need to fix it now. And Russ probably said, I need more protection. I need more dynamic guys in the backfield. Like, you got to get me this. And he was like, dude, done, done, and done. Because the Denver mortgaged the house to get Russell Wilson. And I think a lot of fantasy owners were like, oh, my gosh, he's going to totally kill it in Denver. Like with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, like, oh, my gosh, they're going to kill it. And then everybody was jumping in on Greg Dolchik, you know, shares because they were like, now that Russell Wilson's there, that he's going to be like his awesome tight end sleeper. And then all of a sudden, everyone's watching their offense and they're like, wow, they scored nine points this week. Oh, wow. They scored 13. And it like the reality sets in. You're like, wow, this is a really anemic offense, which has a lot of. I guess, supposed talent, 
but not necessarily talent that's like achieving. So I think Peyton was like the perfect hire for them. I think he's going to come in and change things. I love the P Ryan. I think right now, I think they just got to figure out like how they're going to distribute the ball. And then we're going to see that preseason. And then all of a sudden it's going to be get those shares now because it's going to be a very small window for Denver Broncos. I think they bounce back really strong this year. Yeah, with before that signing today, um, I was I thought they were one of the perfect teams to land one of these mid round running backs this year in the draft in that third fourth round. But I, you know, we'll be interested to see if they even go that route now uh, with the P Ryan signing. Uh, other big ones for today: uh, Miami staying true to what they did last year. Raheem Moser and Jeff Wilson both coming back. Uh, so they're trying to stay. The question was where's, whether someone would move to Miami, but they got both those guys back, which we know uh, their their coaching staff loves them. And then the big one for the day, Eagles on the other side, re-signed Boston Scott for a year. Miles Sanders is gone, but made a move and got Rashad Penny uh, from the Eagles. Now, that's a move that some people are loving and some people are hating. I've got a lot of Rashad Penny. I would love to see him run behind that line. The question is, how many carries is he going to get uh, splitting up all the carries with everybody in that offense? I think Penny was a, a great signing for them, and it, it makes sense. They're letting guys walk because they can't pay them. We have saw that with Hargrave. We've seen that with a couple other players. Um, I, I'm going to say this now and I'm, uh, you know, the draft could change things as it changes everything for teams. But I think if I'm sitting there with Kenny Gainwell, I love watching this happen today. And I think I say that because Penny's going to get hurt and watching the playoffs, Gainwell played a lot more than you would have thought he would have as someone who had you know, they had kind of rode Miles Sanders quite a bit. And then all of a sudden, Kenny Gainwell was playing half those snaps, and he looked pretty good doing it. So I think I want both of those guys at cost. Now, if you're trying to go buy Penny, good luck. The hype is going to get crazy, I'm sure. He's about to rise up seven rounds of redraft ADP. Watch it happen by tomorrow. But what about you, John? What do you think? Well, okay, so we already cleared it. I'm an Eagles guy. So for the guys that don't watch Eagle games week in and week out, Miles Sanders was fool's gold all season long. I'm not saying he's not talented. I'm not saying he didn't find the end zone. But, like, his usage was crazy low for a guy that got 1,000 yards. Like, there would just be, like, one or two games where the Eagles would give him a ton of carries. He'd get over 100 yards, get two touchdowns. And then the next week, go right back to what they do, where every running back was on the field, like every other series. And then all of a sudden, you got to the Super Bowl, and every Eagles fan was asking themselves, where is Miles Sanders? Because that dude did not touch the field in the Super Bowl. So honestly, if you can find somebody who's like all hyped about Penny, go find the Kenny Gainwell manager and go, hey, bud, I will take him off your shoulders right now. Because I have a feeling Kenny just got the lock of the century. They're not going to draft a running back this year. They just signed Scott. They just signed Penny. They've got Kenny. They're not going to invest anything even remotely close to like draft capital because they've already got three guys that they know they're running with. And I think Kenny Barnon is absolutely the most talented dude there. I know people are going to love Penny, but as they always say, your best ability is availability. And I don't think anybody's going to put Rashad Penny on that list of guys you could depend on. Guys, we have a breaking news right now. 
Detroit Lions just signed David Montgomery. So that just popping in David Montgomery. Everybody's wondering if he was going to go back to the Bears or going somewhere else. And now that makes uh, all, the, Swift, all, the, all the Swift owners. That hurts. What do you guys think about that? David Montgomery, totally different style running back than Swift, but trying to go back there and muddy the, uh, muddy the waters in Detroit. I mean, from last year, what we saw, I think we just found out that the Lions want to play exactly the same way this year. And they're just going to insert Montgomery to that Jamal Williams role, which I think it if their offense is more efficient, Swift could still be a very valuable guy. He's a freak and he bla- he breaks plays like guys you've never seen before, but he's not going to be that goal line every down guy I think we want unless something happens. So. I well, think the Lions are just scared of playing him all the time. I think they're worried about the injury history. I think they like Swift. I don't think they're against him by any means. I just think they've realized, hey, guys, we got to maximize touches, give him 10 to 12 max, hope he makes a couple big plays and keep him healthy. I mean, you watched Hard Knocks last year. You heard the entire staff talking about how DeAndre Swift is an elite running back who can be one of the best in the league. And they go out and get Montgomery. I'm not saying that the two can't work together. I'm not saying we can't have a throwback to like lightning and thunder from the Giants. But I have like, listen, I just took Swift in a startup. And I am already cringing with the idea that Montgomery is now completely impacted his usage. And it's like, hey, I'm going to have to hold tight on this one a little bit and just hope that Swift still gets enough reps and everything else. But when push comes to shove... If you are a fantasy manager with DeAndre Swift, this is not an encouraging sign as far as usage. DeAndre Swift is not going to be a bell cow. You don't go out and get David Montgomery when you're going to use him like Saquon. So this tells me a lot about what Detroit thinks. Yeah, why, couldn't, our, why couldn't our why buddy John McGlynn jumping in here with us? Why couldn't he go? Why couldn't he go to Buff? Why couldn't he go to Kansas City or Buffalo or something like that? I, I don't understand. That would have been the best landing spots. Well, we just had a fantasy ladder just said Khalil Herbert's season incoming for the Bears. Going to be interesting. I liked Herbert, uh, the usage he had last year. But the question is, I've seen a lot of talk about whether the Bears make some trades and go after Bijan here without Montgomery. I mean, I like Khalil Herbert. I don't think they go without taking another running back. I've already put it on record. I would love to see the Bears go chase Brown in the third round added tough runner from Illinois uh, there to go with Herbert. He's a little bit harder runner than Herbert is. I think he would be a nice guy to fit in there with Herbert. Yeah, the early down backfield, the early down touches with Brown, and then, yeah, absolutely, the PPR touches uh, for Herbert. Absolutely, that's a great, great complimentary piece. Herbert's a great player. I I do think they add someone, though, just like you guys said. it's He's not going to be the only guy there. It. I mean, if you can capitalize and sell him – this second, go for it, but I think most people are going to assume someone else is coming in. I mean, uh, listen, I agree. I think there's a lot of teams that probably could have used David Montgomery more, and I think from a fantasy perspective, I think we would have hoped and prayed that he went went somewhere else, but the reality is now he's a Detroit Lion, and I actually I, – I, I'm like a lukewarm on both of them at this point. I I just don't know where they're at offensively. 
Um, so I'm, I'm just going to be like a hold tight guy. Like I said, I just got my share of Swift. Um, I actually was definitely not a DeAndre Swift truther. Um, and it paid off for me in the last couple of years because other bales was taking them early. I'm like, nah, I don't, I'm not a big fan, but I did like David Montgomery. He was, he's a solid running back. He plays the game, right? Does all the little things. I have a feeling that Dan Campbell is going to absolutely fall in love. And I wouldn't be surprised if Swift might find a new home. They might that much love David Montgomery going. He's the guy we could run all the time. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. Yeah. Yeah, Bob Bob pumping in here and saying, hey, Kareem Hunt might be one of those guys that would be a good fit for the Bears. You know, we we haven't heard a lot of chatter about where he might go yet. It'll be interesting to see uh, a guy like him, you know, played at Toledo, plays in the Midwest, whether maybe they take a shot on an older player like him or whether they try to stay young in the backfield. Just to briefly call back to, I mean, we briefly covered the two Dolphins guys, obviously Wilson and Mostert resigning. What's different between Miami and Detroit now besides the cost you need to go get those guys and age, obviously? I mean, that's the same situation. They could both be good or they could both really eat into each other and you might not know which one to trust on a weekly basis. Yeah, I felt like that was Miami last year. I mean, Moser had some great games that you were he just he was a great start, but every time you put him in that lineup, you were questioning whether it was he was gonna get nicked up and only get three carries or whether he was gonna have a great game and then or you know, has a couple bad carries and Jeff Wilson comes in and has a monster game. It was it was hit and miss with both those guys all year last year. Yeah, I mean I won one league, went zero RB. And I want Elijah Mitchell, Raheem Mostert, and Ramondre Stevenson. And everybody was like, your running backs are trash. You're going to lose. And I laughed all the way to taking first place because I said, hey, it's not about who you draft. It's about who you pick up in the middle of the season when guys aren't healthy, about rearranging things. And, you know, when push comes to shove, uh, I was happy with Mostert. I think the one difference between Detroit and Miami – is I think there are still a lot of people out there who have a lot of investment in DeAndre Swift. I don't think people have that same amount of – I think Miami had always been a muddled backfield, and I don't think anybody other than flyers or, like, deep picks, I think everybody else was just like, mm, maybe yes, maybe no. But when push comes to shove, DeAndre Swift was definitely on everybody's radar, and uh, that's the difference. There's going to be a lot of people, I think, trying to look to dump Swift shares just because now they, they don't have that – investment anymore i'll take oh, it yeah. yeah late late round flyer on those both those miami guys I, I i would be in on that for sure and then the, the debate goes back to i i've got a bunch of bears friends all day today that were texting if we don't get money back do we go Bijan? do we go Bijan at nine do we go jsn at nine and trade back into the first round and get Bijan late um i mean that would be kind of a scary Bears offense if you want to think about it. They could add JSN to DJ Moore and Mooney and Komet and then throw Bijan in the backfield with Herbert. I mean, all of a sudden this Bears offense would be looking pretty, pretty good. Uh, a lot more, a lot better than what the Bears have consistently done with the team. Uh, whatever's going on right now, I you know, I, I don't know who snuck into Hallis Hall and, and, and kind of wrote the ship here besides Holes, but is, this is un this is unbelievable what's what uh what's going on right now. And as a Bears fan, as, as Dolphins are my favorite team, but Bears are my second favorite team. But as a Bears fan, I've never seen this much improvement on a team since I've been in my entire life. Usually they're trading everything away as somebody as soon as somebody's good or letting somebody walk in free agency. But B 
Bijan, I brought up Bijan at nine the other day uh, in, on Twitter, and I got roasted saying that uh, it's too early. Why would you use that much draft capital? If you're a team and it's all you need is a good running back to, you know, go over the edge, go over the hump, they can pick up another running. They can get, they can grab a DJ Shark to, to you know, the on the opposite of Mooney, or they could drive. There's a hundred receivers out there that still would do a pretty decent job for the Bears in free agency. I don't understand why why you people are worried about who's overpaying or you know you can get Adam Thielen in the, the middle of the field. You can get you know you know shit. There's Demarcus Robinsons. Anybody? There's a million people that are that you can just get to fill this, fill some uh, holes on this offense. So I don't I don't get it. Yeah, and I'll jump in there. Guys. Yeah, yeah, jump in here. I was just going to say, out of all of those people that the Bears picked up, the potential signing of Orlando Brown might be the most important because Justin Fields can't do anything unless he knows he has the time to do it. And I think that is the big difference in what the Bears become next year because that NFC North is like, like a huge question mark. No one knows what the Packers are about. If Dalvin Cook is gone from the Vikings, you're going to have people go, what's going on with the Vikings? Uh, and I think it's just wide open. I think Detroit, everyone's going to start loving Detroit again because they just feel like that's such an upside team. But the Bears will be the team if they can get that offensive line right. I don't see how they can't be awesome. And if they did get Bijan at nine, I mean, forget about it. Like that – that becomes an offense that I'm actually like seriously, seriously going to invest in because last year nobody could care about Chicago. Now everybody's going to be trying to gobble up every little piece because, you know, Cole Komet might be the guy that turns into the seam runner and turns into like a George Kittle, like the Niners. Like you don't need to catch a lot of balls, just enough down the seam to get that six for 72 and a touchdown. And you're like living life large as a tight end guy, you know? I'm, I'm super happy that the Bears, as much as the money they had, they didn't foolishly spend on getting Mike McGlinchey for that amount of money because he's more of a run blocker than a pass blocker. And if you want to give a quarterback like Justin Fields some time to develop and throw the ball, you can't go after these six foot nine, you know, that just run blocking guys who are kind of a sus in the in the, in the passing game. So the, the Bears to to be able to hold the raids back a little bit, not make these just crazy moves just to make something splash on paper, but it doesn't make sense on a football field. I'm super I'm super impressed with what the Bears are doing this offseason because of that. Uh, moving on to wide receivers here. The big signing early this morning was Jacoby Myers falling Josh McDaniels to Vegas from New England. Uh, Sam, what do you think about uh, Jacoby Myers? Is that a decent landing spot for him? Help him or hurt him in fantasy? I think I'm hurt, 100% hurt for Myers. I, I get it as a football signing. Obviously, McDaniels knows him. Um, and maybe he went out there and the market wasn't there that he thought, but I don't think you could ever say playing under Devonte Adams is a good thing for anyone. Um, I guess he was helped a little by the news later in the day with Waller, but even so, I just think, I think it's going to be the Adams show and the Jacobs show. And so I don't see Myers as any more than a wide receiver three depth guy. That's, you know, yeah, I'm not going to go trade for him now. So, yeah, for me, I'm probably holding him because I just don't know what you could get for him right now. I just don't feel like unless he comes out and shows out a couple games, I just don't know if his value is there right now. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you guys. Uh, yep, go ahead and jump in there. No, I mean, I mean, Jacoby Myers, like I, he's a head scratcher when you'd see all these free agent lists and you see him at the top of the wide receiver and you're just really like, 
man, this is a really weak free agent class for receivers. I mean, even Alan Lazard got the same, you know, average per year. And it's like you look at those two guys and I'm not happy. Forget about, you know, like production wise. I'm thinking strictly from fantasy perspective, those guys are fifth, six receivers at best on your team. And if they're anything less than that, um, I think like you better hopefully you're in a Debbie and you're waiting for all your guys to come up next year because they're just not going to be solid producers, especially with offenses that you have no idea how they're going to perform. I think everybody's waiting for the Carolina news to drop or Jacob Myers of Carolina or another team that really needed a, 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 a receiver. Yeah, RIP Hunter Renfro. Uh, I think that there's a handful of teams that people were, were so much more romantic for a fantasy aspect and didn't pan out. So it was a, such a, you know, air letting out of the balloon kind of feeling when he went to, you know, where he really landed at. So, well, then uh, Jay Goody brought up Alan Lazard, you know, for about the same amount of money signed with the Jets uh, today. That was something that came out that uh, Aaron Rodgers was really pushing for the Jets to sign Alan Lazard as, as a as a precursor to him signing his deal, which hasn't happened yet, even though it was talked about all day today. Uh, they're looking maybe that tomorrow or later in the week. It's sounding like that's possibly going to happen, but it has not happened yet. Um, I, I guess maybe Aaron Rodgers loves hanging out with Alan Lazard. I, the, to me, that's surprising that that's the guy you're pushing for to get signed and you spend that much money because I'm looking at the Jets and I'm like, is Alan Lazard number four? on the depth chart for the Jets right now? I don't I don't know. What do you guys think? It's an interesting move. I you know, the whole Rogers thing is it's silly that he's making he complains about not having good weapons, but then he wants the same weapons where he's going. Um I don't think you look at that Jets team and go, wow, they're so bad at wide receiver. Oh my God, they need another wide receiver. Um, but now that we're past, you know, making fun of it, Lazard is a great run blocker, so that's good for the Jets. They want to run the ball with Brees Hall, obviously. Um, I, you know, I saw some clips that they're saying, no, we want Lazard even if Rodgers doesn't come. You know, Hackett's here, blah, blah, blah. I think we all don't think that's true. Um, I definitely wouldn't love it as a, Garrett Wilson owner. Now, I don't think Lazard is better than Garrett Wilson by any standpoint, but adding people to a room is never fun if you're the guy who should be leading the room. Um, All right, cap- Corey Davis. Yeah, and cap-wise, just like you said, John, I think they can cut Corey Davis and save $10.5 million. They sign Lazard for eleven. I would expect to see that happen pretty soon, or depending on if it's a post-June or pre-June one cut, it's going to happen. But, I mean, you've seen offenses with not a good quarterback like Miami where you can have Waddle and you can have Hill and they can just absolutely both feast. And, I mean, the Eagles did it with Devonta Smith and with A.J. Brown. Like the, the you know, the Seattle Seahawks with, you know, D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Like there's enough to go around for these guys if Aaron Rodgers is there. I honestly feel like Aaron Rodgers is a guy like he wants to know where you're supposed to be and he wants you there. I think Christian Watson, who is an uber talented wide receiver, is a guy that likes to run his own routes. And I think like Aaron Rodgers was like constantly always telling him where to be because like you're supposed to go eight yards and out, not seven eight and you can still see that in the huddles where you know that's why when you see all that little wish list, Aaron Rodgers wants guys that he knows where they're supposed to be because Aaron Rodgers is 
like he he was sort of Pat Mahomes before Pat Mahomes. All the sidearm and all like the little weird passes because he knew where guys were going to be and he just needed to get the ball there. So I actually think it's a great signing for the Jets because I think it just gives them a lot more stability on the outside. Now it's just a matter of who throws the ball. John, uh, what do you think about Michael Thomas? I had pretty much put him out to pasture, but the Saints signed him another one-year, $10 million deal. Sounds like they're going to give him one more shot. Is he worth even a shot in fantasy, or are you done with him? Absolutely. I would t- I would pick up Michael Thomas. I, I, I have him probably somewhere around Elijah Moore, you know, that area. Uh, I, 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 You know, he runs – he's, he's a, a PPR machine, and we've seen that in the past, and – I think as long as his ankle's okay or his foot and his ankle, all that stuff is okay, which he's going to have to pass physical to sign his contract. So we'll figure that out. But uh, I would definitely be targeting if somebody who's had uh, Michael Thomas on their, on their roster for the last four or five years is sick of him and you could buy him for like a, you know, a fourth round pick 1000% I'm putting that pull out there and pulling in Michael Thomas. You better believe it. You're on mute. All right. Thank you. Uh, Noah Brown uh, from Dallas went to the Texans one year deal. He's the only kind of other signing. Anyone got any big takes on Noah Brown or are we just are we moving on past him? Nothing big. I just think it's probably an indication that I don't think they love Nico Collins or Mechie as much as people want them to bringing in multiple receivers and they could still draft the guy who could surpass them all. So Jalen Tolbert season, baby. That's what that means. <laughs> I think we've been waiting for Galen Tolbert season for, you know, 12 months. But, I mean, I, I the piggyback on, you know, the Mechie, I think it maybe more speaks to the injury. I think it could very well be that they're still not 100% sure that he's ever going to be a wide receiver that they saw in college. Um, and I think for that, I think it's a great signing for Texans because it, it's like there's no risk to that. Um, but I think from a fantasy perspective, I think just – stay away from Houston right now. I don't, I don't know what else to say on them until, you know, they have a vision. Again, it goes back to that. The teams that seem to do well and are just fantasy juggernauts are the teams that you at least know have a vision and a coaching staff. You know, I put out on Twitter a little bit ago, uh, this, this thing of what teams had a QB, a wide receiver and a tight end uh, receiver and a running back all in the top 12 of fantasy. And it was like the Jaguars, because, like, surprisingly enough, they actually use those guys, the Eagles. And then it was like a hamper because it's like, you know, Detroit because they can own TJ Hawkinson. So, like, when you think about those teams, you don't necessarily put them in the upper crust offenses other than the Eagles. But the other two teams are like, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, and I think when push comes to shove, I think, you know, teams, they need to have that balance. And uh, it remains to be seen what some of these teams are doing because this – this draft is so heavy with quarterbacks at the top. It's almost like waiting to see those dominoes. So a lot of these moves will make a lot more sense, you know, post-draft. All right. Uh, the big tight ending deal, uh, big tight end deal of the day was Darren Waller getting traded from the uh, Raiders to the Giants for a third rounder. Sam, what did you think about Waller going there? Is this, does he all of a sudden become the number one there all around with all the troubles they had last year? Daniel Jones had basically no one to throw to. I think it's a perfect move for the Giants, honestly. They're investing in Daniel Jones. I think they looked around at the wide receiver market and they did what all of us fantasy owners did. And they, we all went, eh, 
I don't love any of those guys. And so they went and got Darren Waller for the pick. They got Tony, you know, they gave up Tony. They got the pick. They used it to move on and get Darren Waller. Um, Danny Dimes, he's his best across the middle, right? Where Darren Waller plays. So I think that's number one. And then I think the sneaky second part of this, that if you do a little digging, the Darren Waller contract actually is not as bad as people think. After year one, no dead money. Meaning if they want him for 23, awesome. If they want to just cut bait after 23, they can move on. If they want him for 24, same thing to be said for 25. They can cut bait, move on, and not have to pay this guy. So, if, uh, well, I also saw, you know, everything we got the franchise tagged, uh, Jawan Johnson, which is a good pickup. Where's Gasecki going? That's the question is where he's kind of – I've got a ton of Gasecki. I think the guy's super talented, but I think it comes down to he's got to be on a team that's going to let him basically play out wide or play in the slot and, and play mismatch because he's not a very good blocker. Uh, he, he just That's not where, where he's going to help your team. So that's going to be really interesting to see if he's a guy that maybe goes to, like, the Raiders now. Cincinnati. Uh, some, you know, yes. Yeah, like, is there a team where you can use him out wide a little more that they don't need him to block as much? Because um, I'd love to see him get a chance uh, on a team where they can kind of – you know, put him back in the office. He just, for some reason, with Waddle and Hill, I thought he would still work in Miami. He just didn't with that right. group. Is, is Foster Moreau the new tight end one in, in uh, Vegas, or what's going on there? If they I'm interested. Yeah, yeah, they'd have to resign if him. If they resign him, but yeah, they, they'd have to resign him. I'm interested with that third round pick if they go tight end with that pick. If that was their kind of move, was like, hey, we're going to move Waller around. There's a ton of good tight ends in this. In this draft, I think you're, I think it's going to be loaded in the second and third round. I could see the Raiders going, "Hey, who do we like in that third round?" And let's uh, let's look at getting a tight end for cheap, uh, save all the money we gave on Waller. You know, they're for the most part a little bit of a younger team, so I, yeah, I think be, that's if I'm them, that's what I'd be doing. They'll be around the Luke Musgrave area, probably something like that, a tight end that everybody likes. So uh, go get me Dalton Kincaid. Dalton yeah, exactly. I want the Raiders to get my man. Yeah, that'd yeah. be a great move. And see, what about like Bellinger? Is he nothing now? Dead. See, yeah. he's going to be I'll, tough for fancy. Yeah. I think he's going to be good in real life. I think they run a little more two tight end sets this year. I think they got Waller. They go, hey, he can be a catch. He can be the guy that catches passes. We can leave Bellinger in. I still, I think Bellinger is going to be a guy that's going to be TD dependent. They're going to look for him around the goal line, but uh, he's just not going to see a lot of volume. I think he's going to see a lot of snap percentages yeah. i think you're going to see a snap percentage be up but i just don't think you're going to see a lot of targets go his way but i can see them with barkley coming back with everything that daniel jones is trying to fit i think they go a lot of two t- two tight ends sets next year yeah you got uh moving on quickly here i'm gonna i'm gonna just speed through a few of these things are not as quite heavy so a bunch of uh, offensive line signings Shaq mason went from the bucks to the texans in the trade jason kelsey uh, signed a one-year deal to come back for the Eagles, play one more year. He's the highest-paid center uh, with his big deal. Will Hernandez resigns with Arizona. Caleb McGarry uh, resigned with Atlanta. At guard, got a pretty big deal there. And then Kelvin Beecham uh, resigned with Arizona two years, $5.1 million, uh, try to help that front line for Atlanta, which has been pretty terrible the last couple of years. Um, by Colts. 
not doing much going out and getting Matt Gay for one of the highest signed contracts for a kicker four years, 22 million, replacing my boy Chase McLaughlin from Illinois. So that hurts. Hopefully Chase uh, jumps back in somewhere. A few IDP notes for you guys. Uh, tell me uh, if any of these guys jump out to you. Zach Allen kind of was the big defensive end. Big year, three-year, $45 million deal with the Broncos. And Dermonte Jones going from Denver to Seattle, three years, $51 million for him. Those are two guys, at least on the fantasy IDP front, that uh, you know can produce for you. <clears throat> For me, I mean, I think Davenport has, like, a lot of upside. Uh, you know, the Vikings, I think, are a team that likes uh, – they're, they're, again, I think the Vikings are a very muddled team. I'm not really sure where their vision is, but I think Davenport is going to see a lot of volume. And I think he could be, you know, one of those guys that will get you, like, 12 sacks is like that cap. And I think for him, for IDP, I think it's just tackle for losses. If he can start piling those up, he could actually be a real nice piece that you, I don't think you have to break the bank to get him. So yeah, the I think Bears, if Daniel Hunter comes back to form on the other side, uh, played a pretty solid down the stretch last year. If he can stay healthy, I think that makes uh, a big one two punch for each of those guys on the outside. So the, the Bears traded for a couple linebackers, Truman Edmonds and uh, the TJ Edwards, are these guys just like kind of placeholders or are they that good or they're going to make a big difference on the Bears? Because I see these pictures next to Briggs and, 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 uh, and um, you know, what they're comparing it to like Briggs and uh, or Brian Urlacher and stuff like that. I'm like, come on, man. It's You're, you're stretching it a bit now. These guys are good, but not great. Uh, both guys had great, uh, pretty good seasons all around. Uh, depending on wh what grading system you looked at them, a lot of people had both those guys in the top five last year. Uh, just a ton of tackles. Edmonds is just a athletic freak. Guy can play sideline to sideline, uh, can make plays everywhere if you give him in space. Uh, Edwards is just kind of your classic up-the-middle linebacker that just makes tackles and stuffs the run. Uh, I think you add those guys to Sanborn, uh, who was a really nice addition uh, the rookie out of Wisconsin, uh, he had kind of a really good finish this last season. I think all of a sudden this Bears defense, which couldn't absolutely stop anybody last year, uh, those were pretty big signings. And also on the defensive line, they uh, they added uh, Demarcus Walker from the Tennessee Titans, uh, two years, fourteen million. He was a guy that didn't play a ton last year, uh, didn't play a ton of snaps, but actually was really productive when he did play. Yeah, Walker's a good player. I mean, I think most of those Tennessee defensive linemen, they, they're those Rabel guys where you want those guys on your team if you're getting into a bar fight because those guys are the guys that will go to bat for you. Um, and I said this on the show last night too, but just to, to tail off on the, on the two Bears linebackers, I think the biggest impact IDP-wise is N'Kobe Dean going up because he just lost the guy that got all those tackles. So who's going to slide right into that role? Yep, I mean, I, I, you, you hit it on the head there. Like the Kobe Dean, like the Eagles lost some pieces, and a lot of people are banging the Eagles like their defense. Listen, they lost Hargrave. They have Jordan Davis coming in. They they lost Kazir White. They lost Edwards. They're still going to have to address linebacker a little bit, but they know they had Nicobe Dean right ready to go. So they're one of those teams. They went out and signed Bradbury. They got him back this year, which. I think it was a massive sign for them, um, you know, and apparently he took a little bit less money to stay, which obviously means that that little smokescreen around Darius Slay was false. 
that it was probably more one of those deals where, hey, we're going to come back together. We're going to lock out the outside. Um, so Bradbury and Slay for a few more years for, you know, Philadelphia fans. So IDP wise, you know, Bradbury's a nice player on the field. IDP wise, I don't know if he's like a huge get just because he doesn't get a lot of volume and tackles and stuff like that. But, you know, when you're maybe you have a high upside for interceptions, he might be a guy to look at and kind of throw flyers at. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Uh, internet slipped up there for a little bit. Yeah, you're um, good, man. Couple, couple guys, uh, other linebackers that signed. EJ Speed for the uh, Colts. He's a guy that's going to probably slide in and play a little bit more. He's kind of was a special teams guy the last couple of years, but with the injury to Shaq Leonard last year, he got a little more playing time. And then uh, Bobby Okarecki going to the Giants. Uh, looks like Franklin and Speed are going to be those two linebackers if they don't go to the draft uh, with Shaq Leonard. So it'll be interesting to see those guys a little all undersized as that uh, as the Colts like to kind of do it. They like to play speed with those guys uh, there. Uh, also losing a guy, trade actually kind of happened later today with Stephen Gilmore. They traded, I think, for a fifth fifth rounder to the Cowboys. Pretty interesting. Stephen Gilmore, 33 years old, former NFL player of the year, defense player of the year, uh, really had resurgence last year for the Colts. Um, had a little uh, procedure in the offseason. Seemed like he cleaned some stuff up. He kind of had a, a bounce back year. I was a little surprised to see the Colts get rid of him, but now you match him uh, up in Dallas with a pretty good secondary they've already got. Be interesting to see what they kind of expect out of him there. Well, and I was reading, too, that Dallas reached out about Darius Slay, and they just basically got a middle finger on it, and then they went and got Gilmore, because, of uh -huh. course, the Eagles aren't going to give them Slay. But I think it's a great move for Dallas. I think another corner in there, they could use the help. Obviously, Gilmore made some big plays even last year. He's not the guy he once was, but uh, Dallas likes those big play guys. You know, what does Trayvon Diggs do? He gets beat, but then he picks you off. So... Um, and compensation wise, fifth rounder, um, I was reading it was the comp pick they got for letting Cedric Wilson walk. So it's not like they had to give up a bunch to go get this guy and he's not on a mega deal anymore anyway. So plus with the Cowboys trying to shore up the defensive backs, I mean, we could hype up Micah Parsons as high as we want, but I mean, if they could find a way to actually give him some time. Cause you looked against the teams that had like elite offensive lines, Micah Parsons, didn't look so elite against those because they were able to roll two guys to his side or chip. Now, all of a sudden, the Cowboys are going to take the outside away. Next thing you know, it's like they're going to be able to throw another person in, in the middle of it to try to eat up blockers. Micah Parsons, as scary as he is, might just transcend everybody and become the absolute de facto number one IDP player. We just did a startup, and he was our, the number one ID play, player off the board. And the recent startup we're doing, uh, uh, Dynasty Pro Startup, Devi, uh, full IDP, and he was the number one guy off the board. A couple older players uh, stick with some guys that moved on to some new teams. It's going to be interesting to see how they end up there. Eric Kendricks uh, went to the Chargers, and then Leighton uh, Vader Esch back to the Cowboys, and then James Bradbury, huge deal to go back to the Eagles. Yeah, for the Eagles, absolute win. Uh, I mean, they did. I mean, they're they're going to re they're going to address the defense in the draft for sure. But he was definitely one pick 
I think that gives the Eagles a little flexibility with that 10th pick. I think a lot of people were mocking Devin Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez to the Eagles. I think with this signing, I think the Eagles are going defensive end, just like they always usually do. And I think that's what they're going to target. I think for all those people that are looking like as a guy that might be able to do a lot of damage, it's going to be a defensive end. And the Eagles have shown they have an ability to develop them. So that could be very, like, very deep IDP guys whoever they take at that 10 spot, which maybe like a Lucas Van Ness, which I think would be a great fit. Nolan Smith, like absolutely rocketing up boards. Um, those are two guys that you might not see dividends right away because the Eagles love to rotate their defensive ends. But if they went in that direction, I mean, they put up the most sacks and like the third most in history of the NFL last year. So that is definitely a, a position that you can at least take a little bit of investment in and go, this could be a guy that pays off in a year or two. Yeah, Jay Goody, tell me a little bit uh, with the Edwards move. Uh, all those people that invested in Nakobe Dean last year—is this the—is this the move for the Eagles? Is now Nakobe Dean coming in as the number one linebacker? Is he going to get a shot? You know, he's coming off that injury, got a whole year basically to to get healthy and put on a little weight because that was the big knock on him was a little small coming in. But man, the guy just made plays at Georgia. Is this? Is they almost feel like they're getting a, a free pick this year with him coming back, uh, and now he's going to be full go this year? I, I mean, absolutely. I think him and Jordan Davis were the plug and plays for the loss of Hargrave and the loss of TJ Edwards. Kazir White, I mean, he's a guy that flies around, but honestly, the Kobe Dean probably mimics more of Kazir White than TJ Edwards. Um, and I think they might feel like they have at least one of the two spots with the Kobe Dean. And I think they will look to address it. I wouldn't be surprised if they start to like pick through like the draft. But I also feel like those buyout guys, I think the Eagles, you know, Howie Roseman loves to find a one year treasure where a team will cut a guy based off of his money. Then the Eagles will bring him in kind of like what Bradbury is. Gardner Johnson is the same example right now. I mean, bated breath right now for the entire league because you know jesse bates goes out and gets that massive contract so nicobe dean i think is definitely going to be a guy on the field a lot i definitely think he's worth you know a lot of investment idp wise because i think he is going to be a contributor i don't necessarily know if he'll put up like tj edward tackle numbers but I also think TJ Edwards definitely got exploited in the coverage game a little bit. I think Nicobe Dean could like balance it a little bit more with maybe like three or four interceptions, like kind of getting those tips because he's a very athletic guy. Um, so it's more like what else do the Eagles do? I think will give us a clearer picture on what Nicobe Dean's value is going to be long term. All right, we're going to go around the uh, square here to everybody. I want you to give me kind of your final thoughts on anything today or what you're looking for tomorrow come uh, free agency-wise, and then uh, let everybody know where they can find you, either on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you guys are using. Uh, we'll start with go. We'll go with Sam, then uh, Jay Goody, then my, my dude John McGlynn at the end here. Cool. Thanks, uh, thanks for hosting as well. Um, last little note, I'm going to go – Buy Kenny Gainwell, sell Khalil Herbert. Those are my two for the show. Love it. Um, for for me personally, I all in on the Dolphins backfield. Invest. There's going to be enough movement. Trust in what they're doing there. And you can find me at jgoody77 on Twitter. And you know we're pumping out a lot of different stuff at dynastyprofootball.com. You can catch me there. 
John McGlynn, 75 on the Twitter machine. Uh, I'm thinking the move that hasn't been made yet that I'm waiting to fall, which I hope happens, is King Henry to Buffalo to just disrupt the entire AFC East. That would be my favorite move of all, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. But if it doesn't, we'll just go with free agent guys right now who are like uh, Kareem Hunt. Bob brought up Kareem Hunt uh, to um, uh, the Bears earlier. That's a good one. But somebody like Leonard Fournette to the Chiefs is somebody also that uh, that I would lo- I'd like to see a good player that can land somewhere. Uh, uh, you know, just real fast. Sorry to keep doing this, but like uh, Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster going back to the going Chiefs and hopefully being healthy all season long is another great spot. So. Those are my kind of free agency kind of uh, predictions right now. Yeah, John, I got to jump in with you. I was going to say my my two ones I'm still waiting out for is Juju to see where he goes, goes back to the Chiefs or he ends up somewhere else. Also, Paris Campbell, uh, you know, finally had that season that that Colts fans thought he could finally stayed healthy for the majority of the year. And despite the terrible QB play, actually put up some decent numbers. It'd be interesting to see if he's ready to take that next step, uh, whether he goes back to the Colts and they have a better quarterback player, if he finds a nice spot on a different roster. But I'm I'm super with – I'm invested heavily in both those guys, so I'm really interested to see where they go. Uh, I You can find me at JT Orange on Twitter, also on all the discords everywhere. I'm all over the place at JT Orange or JT Orange 4. Make sure to stick with us. Dynasty Pros, we've been putting out free agency talk all week. This is our day two recap. We'll have day three uh, coming up tomorrow and catch us throughout the whole weekend as we try to keep you up to date on everything happened around the NFL with these free agent signings. Thanks for everybody. Sam, Jay Goody, John McGlynn for joining me. I'm JT. We're out of here. Check us out next week, Dynasty Pros.